Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brandon Black, and I apologize for my voice. I have a bit of a cold right now, but we're going to get over it. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the hands of a farmer and what exactly that means. And here to talk about this topic with me is Nicole. How do you say your last name? I'm sorry. Tristo. Tristo. Okay. She is a uh, freshman at Tulare Western High School, and she is one of our... Um, Creed kids here at Tulare FFA moving on to state, and she wrote this, is it a poem? Would you call it a, a poem? A uh, poem, yeah. Okay, and it's called The Hands of a Farmer, and it's incredible. It's about um, it's about uh, our old, you know, teacher that we talked about on this podcast so many times, Mr. Coolwine, and the, the strength that he had to, you know, not only take care of sick animals, but to pray for his daughter and to, and to just be as strong as he was with all the things that he did. It's about her own grandfather um, who went through his own struggles and, and who was, you know, also strong and, and had all, all, those, all those same characteristics that, you know, those with the, the hands of a farmer have mm-hmm. and just all the hardships that agriculturalists in general go through and, and how strong they have to be for themselves and families and their livelihood. And so she's here to talk to us a little bit about kind of the inspiration as to which uh, she came about writing this and, and what it means for the future. So in my English class, we always start with a quick write, which means you have 10 minutes to write, and we had to write a poem about hands. And so I was thinking, I was like, I could write about my mom, I could write about my dad, I have so many inspirational influences in my life, but I think the most inspirational influences is just farmers. Ever since I started Creed, I'm thinking of a lot about agriculture and what I want to do with it, and I want to be an advocate for agriculture throughout whatever I do. Mm. And I thought, all far- all farmers have like really strong hands that have been through so much and they do a lot for this world and for just my community and my life in general and so I thought about my teacher and my grandfather and I thought these were some progressive agriculturists that I could use in my poem awesome um so the my first thoughts when I first read this thing was it reminded me of um Paul Harvey's So God Made a Farmer I'm sure you're familiar yes so was this uh, any kind of inspiration on how you wrote this format to it, or um, I've never read the full "So God Made a Farmer" poem, okay. but ever since my grandfather died, we have signs that we made, signs that we make and we sell at auctions that say "So God Made a Farmer," and. Yeah, I read a little bit of it. It was a really big inspiration for this poem. Yeah, no, I could definitely see elements of it, which I think is awesome. Um, that's something that a lot of uh, non-agriculturist people don't really hear a whole lot of, and when they do hear it, it like you know, really hits them hard. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to see that there's still some elements of that in in the uh, the younger generations. Um, so. Uh, like we were talking about beforehand, you said you're writing a new piece on water. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes. My new poem is going to be called A World Without Water. And it's all about... So my grandfather, um, he was a really big part of fighting for water where we are. And through the 2014 drought, we were in a really big pothole in those days. <laughs> and he fought for water a lot. And I was thinking, water is such a big part of everybody's life. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be a story like from three different points of view. It's going to be from a mother who is saved by a fighter fi- firefighter who has two little kids that she raises by herself. And the water puts out the fire that saves her and her kids' lives. And then it's going to be about a homeless man that is on his way to his, fa- on his, way to his family and improving his life. And then um, he gets in a car accident and 
he has to go through a surgery and the doctor washes his hands before the surgery making everything sterile so that he can get back to his family Mm. in good shape and then the last one is about a farmer who the farmer doesn't really know that he's part of such a big thing but he grows his food and he uses the water to clean and grow his food which goes to a charity which goes to this family who is really in need and only has one mattress in their house Mm. and they need the food, and they're starving, and they're going about to die of malnourishment, and the charity finds wow. them. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank so um, there's a, a big part of what you're telling me that the, there's a big part of um, that just emotional side of, of our, our message here that I really uh, just, you know, it clicked in my head. When I, when I was doing an interview with um, Frank Tebow, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Mr. Tebow, um, him and I were having a discussion about how to effectively communicate agriculture to the public and, and our needs for, for example, water or our needs for uh, deregulation or, or our needs to be able to, to thrive as agriculturists. And one of the things that we agreed on was that we work a little bit too hard on, on using our facts and our knowledge and, and logic to show them that what we're doing is good, but we really should be focusing on the the emotional side a little bit more. I mean, there's, there is an emotional side to agriculture that people tend to ignore to use because, you know, we're, we don't like but to be the But some people, ones. they rely on the emotional right. side of agriculture to bring us with unnecessary environmental laws, such right. as the animals being abused or mistreated in their opinion. Right, exactly. And so, yeah, we, were you, we're being, there's a lot of people using the emotional side of agriculture, the negative emotional side of agriculture to impact us. So I think it's it's necessary for us to kind of do what you're doing, using the emotional side of agriculture on the positive side to show, you know, how much we actually need a lot of the things we need here. And um, a good example of that actually uh, reminded me of another article I read uh, one time <coughs> of a... Um, it was about the fires in um, the Midwest. I think this was last year sometime. There was a bunch of fires down in Texas, and there were so many farms destroyed and farm animals killed, and it was just like this horrible, horrible thing. And there was a ton of um, animal rights activists saying that the farmers don't even care that their animals are dying. They don't even care that their livelihoods being destroyed because they're so evil and terrible and cruel that you know they would want the animals to die. And it was one of those things where it's just like like. Have you ever met a farmer? You know, do do, well, do people really think that, that farmers want their animals to die? They they need no, their animals alive. The farmer relies on his animals as much as the animals rely on the farmer. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so there was a um uh, an, a story posted in in response to this that was basically a um a testament to <coughs> excuse me it was a testament to how much farmers truly care about their animals. It talks about how farmers, you know, if how, how, if, how if a dairy farmer uh, loses a cow, how heartbroken he is, or how, yeah. you know, a, a beef farmer, the, if, if, her, or, um, if her cows, uh, if, her, if her cow has a calf and it's stillborn, you know, how, how heavy it weighs on his heart, or how, like, if they have a cow that's sick, or if they have, you know, an animal yeah, that's dying, of, and how they have to put them down. Like, it's not an easy mm-hmm. thing to have to go through. All of my uncles and my grandpa mostly, he would come home after, let's say, a crop of his was destroyed. It would reflect on the entire family because he was in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. It it was the same for his dairy heifers. He was 
if one dairy heifer died, he was in a bad mood, which made the whole family in a bad mood. Yep. No, it, it's a it's a it's a tolling thing to have to mm-hmm. go through having you know and and people uh, will say that farmers are unempathetic because they can send their animals off to the slaughterhouse whenever they're ready to go, but they ignore the fact that when an animal dies when it's not meant to die, it breaks that farmer's heart. It's like if they lost a family member, mm-hmm. like they. Many farmers, or majority of farmers, I would say, care about their farms more <clears throat> more than they care about themselves in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they find pride and joy in those animals, whether it be livestock or crops. I mean, it's, that's that's their livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but getting back to your hands of a farmer uh, poem, I noticed one of the lines in here was, "These hands made an honest wealth for my abundant life." And <laughs> if if anyone has ever been involved in FFA, they know where that line came oh, from. Yeah. So. I've been, every morning I wake up and I go to the farm at like 6.30 in the morning and I go practice creed. So a lot of it's stuck in my head and I use it in my everyday conversations. And I say the creed every time I can in the shower, wherever, wherever I want to. Um, I use that, I think that line is really important to me because it really reflects on my life as well as a lot of people in my class. And we used to have 11 people on our creed team and they said the same thing that this line was really important to them because farmers are one of the most honest people that I know. Mm. And they work hard, they do backbreaking labor to provide for their families, as I said in the poem. And that is why I am in Creed, that's why I'm in agriculture today. And I Mm. think because I'm in agriculture, because I'm in FFA, it makes my life more abundant because I just love it so much. Yeah, that's awesome. I just, you know, I, I was reading through it this morning. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I know that line. Um, yeah, no, I think that's really cool that the creed has impacted you so much. And it's nice to hear from a freshman that's actually able to talk about the creed as a freshman. I mean, I've brought people on the show that did creed as freshmen, but they can't even talk about it until they're yeah. seniors because they're still getting over the trauma. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I heard it's a lot um, more hard with Kevin Cole. <laughs> I yes, many of my friends are still um, probably in therapy because <laughs> no, he he had such a love for the creed that it definitely showed in how he taught his kids. Um, but to know how much the creed, how much the creed impacts you guys, even today. I mean, the creed was written back in 1930. So I mean, mm-hmm. like to have that kind of impact over all these years really shows the value in E.M. Tiffany's words and how yeah. and how much we should really be focusing on it. I haven't done an episode on the creed yet, but I really want to focus on just the importance of that creed because it's, you know, if if it wasn't important, we wouldn't have made a whole contest about how, mm-hmm. you know, valuable each individual line is and how the paragraphs all work together in, in different ways. And They all mean different things, but they work towards the same goal. Right, exactly. And so and another thing I kind of noticed was a, um, a similar theme between uh, your poem and the creed was just the repetition of it. So the creed, mm-hmm. every paragraph begins with "I believe," and you know there's there's a, a good portion of the creed that's dedicated to belief in the future of, of agriculture, or belief in in a central idea. And I notice a lot of your poem follows a similar pattern with not necessarily the you know belief in the in the future of agriculture kind of thing, but the hands of a farmer kind mm-hmm. of idea like it's 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 repeated throughout it quite a bit the hands of a farmer are this the hands of a farmer are that and and what's interesting about it is although it's saying different things all the time it's still saying the same thing overall the hands of a farmer are strong yeah and like you know it doesn't matter if it's saying that 
these are the hands that feed 145 people or these are the hands that are praying for you know a, a daughter with cancer like they're it everything about this poem just the the central idea of it is the hands of a farmer are possibly the strongest things that there are yeah. around. That it doesn't matter so if it's like the hard labor it takes on a farm or keeping your family uplifted when mm-hmm. you're going through your own struggles such as cancer right no exactly i think there yeah i think that you hit um right on the head with with this one i think that there's so much about this that if i were an english teacher i could take apart and it would all be like this is something that i think that would make even tiffany proud it's something i could is something i could honestly say and i know him obviously but <laughs> knowing off of there's there's a there's a question and extent that we get sometimes and that's um would Ian Tiffany be proud of the FFA of today? And I think that if he saw something like this, if he saw what his words have done to influence other people and, and, and what his um, vision was for the future of this program and for the, for the future of the ag industry as a whole, I think that he'd be very proud of When what I he first saw. started the creed, I was just reciting it and reciting mm-hmm. it. But when we had to break down the paragraphs and we had to see what it means to us, the personal examples that are required for answering questions... It made the creed mean a lot more. <laughs> I was saying it all the time, and I started to just love no, the creed. Good. It's good. To, it's good to be able to resonate with that kind of stuff because when when speaking about something of that caliber, if you're not passionate about it, it's not going to come mm-hmm. across very well. You have to believe what you're saying in order to actually you know, make it seem believable. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that a lot of people tend to struggle with, especially in you know speaking competitions or whatever it may be, there's a lot of people that just go in there and they just give a speech. They don't have any passion behind them. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just, they just talk. In order to effectively use your words, in order to effectively influence people with your words, you have to have that passion behind you, and that passion only comes from believing in what you say. Mm-hmm. And that's ironic that that happens to coincided with the creed which is all about believing in in what you say and believing in what you do and believing in the future of what's going to be done about agriculture and about the world so i think that yeah i think that you did a good job thank you (laughs) um uh that's all i mean that's all i have for you if you if you want any you know if you want to add anything else on um anything else you want to talk about um I'm good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited to read your next piece whenever it's out, and, and whenever it is, we can have you back on to talk about it if Thank if you. you if you want, and can you know go over all kinds of stuff about water because that'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it's I think Gitano and I were talking about this the other day, and I think that we both are excited to see uh, what comes out of your guys' generation. It seems like there's a lot of potential for. Yeah. Um, strong leadership sure but i mean just a a progression of agricultural um advocacy that we haven't seen in a long time i mean every every generation we have a few of them i mean my year we had a few of them i mean obviously we had some people that were uh, pretty strong advocates for agriculture i mean every year we have some that are pretty good at it but it's pretty rare that we get one that's so like willing to go the extra mile. I mean, like, sure, we, we talk to people on the side of the street about agriculture, but, like, not many people are writing poems or, or producing, you know, full-blown speeches or podcasts or talk shows or, you know, writing books or doing, uh, you know, doing those those extra steps to really get the word out there in, in, yeah. in different ways. Because you can tell people as much as you want, but 
it's very difficult to make them listen. But if you make like them the read, has a faith born not of words but, but of deeds. De- exactly. There's 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 so many other routes to ad- to advocacy than just talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that needs to be exemplified a lot more, and that you're really showing off here. So. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you uh, coming and talking to us about this. Thanks for awesome. having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. And, um, you know, if once she's uh, back on, if you guys have any questions and we can talk about it then. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited to, to hear what comes next. And I'm excited to hear, you know, where how far this thing goes. I know that this thing's been spread like wildfire since, yeah. since you posted it. So I'm excited to see how how far this thing gets you but so yeah uh, thank you once again and uh don't forget if you ate today thank a farmer